Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Pandemic Parenting Sucks. I am uploading this a couple days late. I had a really, really busy week. I can't believe this is our six-month episode, episode 26. We are halfway done with the year. My kids still aren't in school. We are still in a pandemic. Illinois just today celebrated or marked, I don't know if we want to call celebrated because it's not happy, it's not a celebration, but we marked one year since we had our first case of coronavirus in Illinois today. So it's been one year. March 15th will mark one year since my kids have been home and not in school. So it's it's really crazy that I didn't think that I would still be doing this in January. I was hoping to still be doing a podcast, but I was hoping it wasn't still about the pandemic. A couple of things have happened this week, so this is going to be a longer episode too, so I'll probably go over 30 minutes. I'm also recording this on my new laptop, so I hope the sound is a little better. I'll start out with, in chronological order, with what happened. So first, in Illinois, in the region we are in, we have clocked all the way down to phase four. Phase four means we are no longer in the tier system. We still have to wear a mask. We still have to social distance. We can indoor dine now. Sporting activities can happen, even competitive sporting activities, as long as they're within our region. So I'm in region six. So everything in region six, all the towns and cities in region six can play each other in sports. We can't go to region three, which is the region right next to us and play, even though they're also at phase four, but they're in a different region. So we have to stay within our region, but we can play competitively within that region, which is great for all of the high school kids that have missed sports. It's great for my own children. I mean, we're not playing competitive sports and my, unfortunately, my kids' school district has opted out of competing in sports because they cannot compete in sports if they are not in in in-person learning. And since our school district has still chosen not to go to in-person learning, our kids cannot compete in competitive sports at the high school or junior high level until they are back to in-person learning. And the kids are going to miss out on so much. All of the sports from this fall, they pushed this spring. They're going to be running multiple sports at the same time. I've heard that they're going to run baseball and football at the same time and schedule games so they don't cross over because a lot of the kids will play the same sports. And that's starting, a lot of it's starting on Monday. So I'm recording this on Sunday, January 24th. A lot of the stuff starting Monday. Practices are starting Monday. And some of the games are starting as early as Friday because they want to get as much done as they can in case we get shut down again. And I don't blame them. But what does that mean for us as a whole? It means that since we have clocked all the way down to phase four, It means that we are going to have a lot of people acting like the coronavirus doesn't exist. People are getting excited. They're indoor dining. They're gathering in groups. The trampoline park opened. Um, We can exercise now without wearing masks. So when I go back to the gym, I'll be able to exercise on the equipment without wearing a mask, which is great. I was still able to exercise with a mask on, but it was breaking my face out. I had so many huge cystic pimples all over my face from where my mask was from exercising. I was even washing my face right afterwards and I could do nothing about it. It was breaking my entire face out. So I'm happy that I don't have to wear a mask so my face doesn't break out. 
I still have to wear a mask in the building and out of the building while I'm walking around the building, but on the actual exercise equipment, I don't have to wear a mask. So while, again, I was having no issue exercising with the mask on, I could breathe fine with the mask on, it was just breaking my face out so bad and making me feel really self-conscious when I was doing Zoom calls and stuff and wearing more makeup than I normally would because I was breaking out so bad. The So we've clocked down to tier four, which also means my kids' sports have opened back up. So Friday, a lot of places opened up registrations and they're very quick and they're very quick to close. Uh, I signed my kids up for a sports like sampler program. And you guys might remember me talking about that back in October. They really loved it. We were going to do it in December, but then they canceled it. So um, with this, unfortunately, the... the spots are very limited. So uh, I got the heads up that they were opening it up on Friday and my two kids were two of the seven spots. So they were only going to let seven kids register for this. And my two kids were two of the seven, which makes me feel really safe because they get to play with the other kids, but there's not a lot of other kids, not a lot of exposure. Um, also with this Spring soccer open, so we register for spring spot, spring soccer. It's not going to start till March 22nd, but registration is open. And my son is doing the theater program again, but it is all virtual. My eight-year-old daughter decided she did not want to do it. She said she's overdoing virtual things. She's done with virtual. So we have all of that. That's what happened over this past weekend. Then... On Sunday was the day of what will go wrong, can go wrong. I woke up in the morning and I broke my watch. I do not wear jewelry. The only jewelry I wear is a watch. And I have to wear a very specific type of watch because my body corrodes metal and eats away at the metal bands and eats away at the backs of the watches. And I'll have allergic reactions to um, leather bands and so I have to wear a silicone band watch. And it's actually a very, very cheap watch I wear. Like, I think the watches I can wear are $15. So, um, and they used to only sell them at Kohl's, but now they sell them at Walmart. So it's very, it's easy to get them. But I, when I do find them, I usually buy more than one, just in case. I have the, the mentality that one day they'll stop selling them. And this is the only watch that I found that I've been able to use the and they're waterproof I have to have a waterproof watch I don't take my once I put my watch on I never take my watch off until it needs a battery replaced uh, or anything like that uh, I have a permanent watch tan line on my arm so that's the only jewelry I wear is my watch very basic very cheap watch so I woke up in the morning and the prongs that hold the band on one of the prongs snapped off so it was irreparable it died and that was first thing in the morning. I ended up buying a laptop later on that morning because the laptop I had been looking at finally went on sale. And I broke my my laptop that I've been using this whole time. I broke it uh, February of last year. So it's almost been an entire year. My then two-year-old two dropped it off the table and it landed on its hinge. And it had packing tape holding it open. So it couldn't open or shut. It had to be held open with back packing tape and I've been using it this entire time so I decided to 
finally bite the bullet and get a new laptop. So I ordered a laptop in the morning. I won't say how much I spent on it, but laptops are not inexpensive. They are an expensive purchase. I go to cook dinner Sunday night and I'm boiling pasta on the stove and I look down and there's a crack down the middle of my glass top stove. It completely cracked in half. We can't use it at all. It's an electrocution hazard. We can use the oven on the inside, but we can't use the glass top stove. So I've had to just use my Instapot, use my air fryer, use everything besides the top of my stove. We've ate out a lot more this past week because of it. Uh, the we did order I did order another stove ironically it took me almost eight almost an entire year to order a laptop that I wanted it took me 20 minutes to order a stove online I ordered a stove it should be here on the 30th hopefully and then we'll be able to use the stove again upside the stove that broke came with the house it's white none of the other appliances are white the other appliances are black or black and chrome so the stove now matches the rest of the appliances, which is nice, but it still sucks because again, stoves are not inexpensive. So I had to order the whole oven. I ordered a laptop that day. Um, our Discover card probably thought, thought someone stole it and was ordering bizarrely things like laptops and ovens, but that was my Sunday. The then on. Tuesday, I went and got vaccinated. I got the Moderna vaccine for COVID-19 and I took my father-in-law with me. Now, one of the things with this is I called so long, over 45 minutes on the phone over and over again to get this appointment on Friday, which I talked about last time. We went in, it was no problem at all. It was run very well. I felt very safe being there and getting it. We went in, we filled the paperwork, we showed our IDs, we showed our work IDs. I got to, I got it because I am an educator, so I'm in education, so I qualified. And my father-in-law is over 65, so he was able to qualify. We both got vaccinated. My mother-in-law actually gets her second vaccine this coming Tuesday. So she's been vaccinated, my father-in-law has been vaccinated, and I have been vaccinated. Everybody I know, nobody had horrible side effects. So I wasn't, I knew the possibility of side effects existed, but I'm like, okay, most people I know they haven't, you know, their arm has hurt, but nothing horrible. Well, this, it knocked me on my ass, to be quite frank. I was good for probably about six hours after I took it. And then I, I got vaccinated at nine in the morning. So right around six at night, I started feeling really raunchy, really bad. The luckily, my husband was home from work by then. Really, really tired. I started getting a headache. The headache was so bad that anytime the medicine wore off, so I was taking ibuprofen, anytime the ibuprofen wore off, it would come back and it was like migraine level. It woke me up at two in the morning. I got vertigo so bad, I started vomiting. It was the headache was so, so bad. Um, at one point, it made my eyes cross. It was messing with my vision. And that lasted, I was symptom, I was side effect free by Friday. 
Thursday night, I was feeling a lot better. The headache, honestly, was the absolute worst Wednesday and Wednesday night. Thursday was manageable. Even when the medicine wore off, it was like very, it was there, but it wasn't um, crippling. It, It was just kind of there where you knew it was there. So it was, that was my side effects and my arm hurt really, really bad. So I was tired the first night. Then the headache lasted for three days. My arm hurt for three days and not like, oh, you know, like if you get the flu shot, sometimes your arms hurt. Not like that. It was like somebody took my baseball bat and hit me so hard in the arm that like my child hugging me made me want to scream. That's how bad my arm hurt. So, and I've heard the side effects are worse with the second vaccine. So my husband's already planning on taking off work the day after I get vaccinated. That's what he had to do this time too. He ended up working from home Wednesday because I was so bad that um, he thought it was better for me to rest and stuff and him take off work, which was very, very nice. And so that was my side effects. My father-in-law had no side effects. His arm was a little stiff the next day, but that was the extent of his side effects. My mother-in-law also had no side effects. And there was a vaccine clinic they had this past Friday where people could go in their cars and drive up and wait. And my husband's grandparents, who are in their 80s, were able to get vaccinated then, but it was very difficult. And I think our health department got a lot of flack for it. And honestly, I don't think the health department's to blame. I think just the way the vaccines are slow rolling out, people expected them to roll out faster. And everybody that's under umbrella 1B, which is what I am, there's just so many people that qualify for it, that the demand is very, very high. They, I think they're the state in general got really overconfident with 1A with healthcare workers because it rolled out very smoothly. And, but 1B is, is not as organized as 1A. It's education, it's frontline workers, it's the elderly, it's people in prison. It's, there's so many people that qualify for this, that there's no way to like go to a hospital and give all the staff in the hospital the vaccine go to a school, give all the staff in the school a vaccine, stuff like that. They're not doing that. So it's, it's a little more chaotic. So with the, they announced on Thursday, they were going to have a vaccine clinic on Friday and people started lining up Thursday night at 5 PM. The first lady in line parked her car at 5 PM and slept in her car overnight. She, the news interviewed her And she was a 76-year-old grandma, and she wanted to guarantee that she's being vaccinated because she said that she couldn't trust the government to make sure that there's enough vaccines for everybody. And I I thought that was so sad. You can't trust the government. You can't trust someone to make sure that there's vaccines for everybody. Um, How do we, you know, it's the government has disappointed her so badly that she's sleeping in her car and she's in her seventies to just guarantee that she gets vaccinated. Now they did go through and give everybody a number in line and they started turning people away. It was supposed to open at nine. They closed it at nine Oh three. They were full by then because so many people had stayed overnight. 
by two in the morning, there was 56 cars in line waiting. My husband's grandparents got in line a little after 4 a.m. And they were 2.45 and 2.46 to get vaccinated. And there was only 500 vaccines. My friend's wife was one of the last people to get vaccinated. She was actually five, almost 5.50, but they told her not to leave because they were disqualifying people online. So people that waited in line this whole time, even some people that may have stayed the night, if they didn't qualify for it, they were being turned away. And some of them willfully knew they didn't qualify for it, but they were hoping to sneak by, so to speak. So... They were asking for people's IDs and stuff, you know, over the age of 65, work in education, frontline worker, so on and so forth. And it, it was just so crazy. And so my my grandparents-in-law, <laughs> I don't know how, my husband's grandparents, they got online around four and they didn't leave until noon. And between four and noon, they didn't eat and they didn't go to the bathroom. So they waited that whole time and they weren't the only ones. There's people, you know, 70s, 80s. There was a couple of people in their 90s in line waiting to get vaccinated. And I think that it's because everyone's afraid we're not going to get any more vaccines or something's going to happen. And it's not going to be rolled out properly. I will say that both of my husband's grandparents who are in their 80s did not have any side effects. His grandma felt a little weird after they did it so they made her wait another half an hour but she thinks that she felt weird because she hadn't ate anything since four and or drank anything since four so she was a little dehydrated and really hungry and lightheaded so um, but after a half an hour they let her go and they were able to go home and get some rest and get some food and they both felt better they both said they had slightly stiff arms but that was the extent of their side effects the my mom lives in a different county than us and in a different region so she lives in region three and we live in region six and the county we live in even though people are roasting them on facebook i think the health department in the county is doing the best they can i can't fault them for this rollout i can fault the inability to have vaccines fact that there is a shortage of vaccines, but I can't fault the county at all, and I won't fault the health department. I think they're doing a great job. But the county that my mom lived lives in, she doesn't even qualify. Now, mind you, she is paralyzed in a wheelchair with 50% lung functioning, and she does not qualify until 2B. So she, they her doctor doesn't even think they're going to do in the twos, let alone 2B, until end of April, beginning of May. So my mom doesn't even qualify to get this vaccine until the end of April, beginning of May for her county. However, if she lived in my county, she would have already qualified. She'd be qualified as 1B. So I think that's insane that we're literally 20 minutes away from each other, but we're in different counties and in different regions, and those counties are dictating. I would not qualify for 1B if I lived in her county because 1B is only K-12 educators, and even though I do teach 12th grade, I teach it through the college, so I don't have a 12th grade, like a school district ID for K-12. My ID is from 
the college I work at. So my county accepted that. They accepted my ID from the college I worked at and that I teach dual credit classes. I even brought my contract to prove that I teach dual credit classes just in case they wanted to do the K-12, but they were completely fine with that. Where with the county my mom lives in, it's only K-12. It's not pre-K. It's not daycare. It's not um, student support staff. It's literally just the teachers, the K-12 teachers that qualify in 1B. Everybody else would qualify in 2B or 2C. So the difference in each county's giving it, the difference in the availability, granted uh, a lot of the vaccines are not coming to the downstate counties. We're not seeing the large quantities that the Chicago area is seeing because we don't have the population, which I understand that. But People that are looking at, like, the lady that slept in her car overnight are looking at the amount of vaccines that are going to the Chicago area and the amount of vaccines that are coming down to our area, and they're panicking because it is so disproportionate. But if we look at the populations, it's very disproportionate. But if you're not looking at the populations, if you're just seeing the raw numbers of the vaccines, I could see why that's causing a panic. And the governor hasn't really addressed that or hasn't really addressed why certain vaccine or why the vaccine's being distributed that certain way or why certain counties have different levels. Um, so, I mean, I guess we're doing better than Florida where a lot of out-of-state people are driving to Florida to get vaccinated. Illinois, you have to prove your address. You have to prove where you are to qualify so my mom can't come over to my county and get vaccinated. That being said, if private companies start vaccinating, like they're talking about CVS starting to vaccinate and Walgreens starting to vaccinate, if they start vaccinating, then yes, she could come over to my county because that's private, not public stock, if that makes any sense at all. But I'm just waiting now until the middle of February so I can get my second vaccine and be good. Um, I know I'll still have to wear a mask. I know I'll still have to socially distance, but I feel better about it knowing that I have both vaccines. I was talking to my husband and it's kind of surreal that I've been, I've got the first vaccine. It's very surreal. I'm the only one in my house that has had the first vaccine. Obviously my children haven't been vaccinated and my husband who also qualifies as 1B is just waiting to get vaccinated. He was actually supposed to get vaccinated with me, but he gave up his spot so his dad could be vaccinated because his dad is our primary childcare provider. So we need him to be safe and be able to not get sick when he's watching the kids, if they ever go back to school, which I'm starting to think we're not going to go back to school. I was actually listening to a school board work meeting and they kept talking about in the fall, in the fall, in the fall, but they weren't talking about what's going to happen when we go back. There's like, when we go back in the fall, when we go back in the fall. And I'm like this, I wish they would just say, guys, we aren't going back to the fall. We just logistically, we cannot do this. We don't have enough room to socially distance. We don't have enough teachers to socially distance. We don't have enough staff to clean and disinfect. I wish they would just say, you know what? There's no way we can do this. We'll just go back in the fall. And hopefully we can go back in the fall more normally. Um, but they're not. They were supposed to tell us on Friday what they were going to do. And that's kind of why I was pushing off doing this podcast. I was hoping to include what the school was going to do, but they had, did not tell us on Friday. We're hopefully going to find out tomorrow on Monday what's going on. But I don't know. I don't know if we will or not. We also 
might get an ice storm Monday night to Tuesday morning. So I told my husband to bring all his work stuff home in case he has to work from home again, which he can. It's a pain in his ass, but he can work from home. So if the weather's really, really bad, he may be working from home on Tuesday if we do get the ice storm. Fingers crossed we don't get the ice storm. I really don't want to get the ice storm. So the last thing I want to talk about and keep this on my 30 minutes is my birthday. My birthday was yesterday. My birthday was Saturday. The My birthday present from my husband's family and from my husband was to go shopping with my husband all day. Uh, I have not been thrift store shopping in over a year. I've been to one thrift store since we've been shut down. So I have not done major thrift store shopping, nothing like that. So I wanted to go thrift store shopping. And we hit up four local thrift stores, which was amazing. My best buy that I got at the thrift store was a calf length wool dark gray pea coat with a hood. And I got it for $2.50. I couldn't believe it. it. But it was clearanced out to $2 because somebody had hemmed the arms. The arms were like crazy stupid short. So when I tried it on, it was like a three quarter length sleeve. But I flipped the sleeves and I realized that they just hemmed it by rolling up and whip stitching it. And it was very shoddily stitched at that. So I just bought it and I came home and I cut all the stitching out and the sleeves rolled out just fine. There was no lines, no markings. So I was very happy that I was able to get it. And I kind of felt proud of myself for that. I didn't get a lot thrift store shopping. A lot of it was very picked over. Um, a lot of thrift stores were having 50% off everything in the store or 99 cent racks and 50 cent racks and all of that. So it was very busy and there was a lot of people there. And unfortunately or fortunately, I wear, I wear a very common size. So there's usually not a lot left in that size where if I wore like a small or something, it'd be different. I have more variety, I guess. So, but I did go thrift store shopping. My best, best buy of the day wasn't even at a thrift store. It was at Target. I love Target. It's my happy place. So that was another thing I wanted to go to Target. So my best, best buy is I went to Target and I got the utility wagon I've been wanting for at least two years. This was pre-COVID. I wanted it pre-COVID because COVID kind of didn't have a lot of use for it. But a utility wagon, those of you that don't know, is a wagon that folds up like a camp chair but it can hold up to 150 pounds and has big utility wheels on it. And I've wanted one for a really long time to haul soccer stuff, to haul stuff when we go on vacation. If you've ever been to the Dells in Wisconsin, we usually go to the wilderness, which you can get to every water park by walking inside through hallways. But it's nice to have the utility wagon because we won't have the stroller pretty soon. Emmy's getting too big for the stroller. So Instead of having the stroller to carry all the bags and stuff in, we'll have the utility wagon to carry it in. It'll be great for soccer to carry all of our folding chairs in, the big blankets to keep us warm in, and um, soccer balls, equipment, food, snacks, everything. It'll be very nice to carry all of that in it. Uh, a friend did, did suggest that I get some plywood and make a small board to put on the bottom so it can hold my daughter then. So she could sit in it and not go through and hold smaller things. So I will probably get some plywood and cut it out and make a very 
a bottom so they can sit in it and it's more solid. So that'll be nice. So that was my best buy for my birthday. And today I'm just doing all the work I need to do. So happy birthday to me. I did get my real ID in the mail. So those are the, the one person that's listened to last week's episode so far. I did get my real ID. It came in the day before my birthday. The picture is absolutely horrible. It was actually taken right before I thought they were taking the picture. So it's it's not pleasant, but it's there. And now I can go to federal buildings and I can fly and do all of that. And I have a lovely little star on my ID. So I'm the only person in my house that can fly on a plane. And I'm the only person in my house that's been vaccinated. So hopefully that'll change pretty soon. And we'll see what's what. I don't know what next week's episode will be. I think it'll be about if we've heard anything from the school, for one. And then what else is opening up and going on in our region now that we've clocked all the way down to phase four to see what it looks like. And if there's any other vaccine clinics or anything coming up, I'll talk to you guys about that also. 